Hi there, and welcome to the Living with SMA podcast. We're here to have conversations about living with spinal muscular atrophy. Throughout this podcast, we will be covering lots of different topics from preparing for university, getting the most from your personal budget, sex and relationships, and lots, lots more. So we invite different hosts from across the SMA community to come together here. We want to answer your questions, provide you with useful tips and recommendations, and also share personal stories. So please do reach out and connect with us here at the charity SMA UK. Thank you for listening, and we hope to find the podcast useful. In part two, we'll be looking at the pros and cons of university. We'll also be talking about work experience and sharing advice for those who decide not to go to university. Um, and before we move on from sort of leaving uni, um, for anyone who's watching and thinking, you know, about whether they sh- they should go to uni or not, and, and they're in that middle ground, what would you guys say? If I start with you, Stephen, um, give me some pros and cons of of uni. If you can give me one of each, that would be great. Oh, one one of each. I'm restricted now. Um, I think pro a pro is probably pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and experiencing a different, I suppose, di- completely different world, a different life and different education as well. And you meet so many different people as well. So I think that is a pro. I know some people might see it as a bit of a con about, uh, you know, taking a bit of a risk. Um, and then I think a con is probably, probably the amount of admin needed in terms of, and thinking and organising needed in terms of actually how how are you going to make this experience you know 10 out of 10 every single day and I think to do that as someone with a disability I think it sort of needs that whole thinking where am I going to go what am I going to do and I sort of experienced that bit when you're sort of going out with friends and stuff you need to think will there be a disabled toilet there is the venue accessible can I actually get there so it's almost that extra layer so I think that was my biggest con. So that's a very good point raised. And Mia, you're, as we said, you are living and breathing it as we speak. So I'm sure your list of pros and cons are huge. But are you able to sort of pick out a couple of highlights? Yeah, sure. I think for me, the best thing about uni is something that you don't necessarily have to be at uni to achieve. But it's just as my experience that I was. And that's just the independence that it gives you and the confidence in your ability to be independent because I've learned how to advocate for myself on my own, manage PAs, I have all this workload that I have to manage, I've learned how to cook, I haven't poisoned myself, I'm still here. So there are those skills that are just life skills that I think everybody benefits from learning because of what it does. Personally for me, when you know that you can look after yourself, and you know that you can direct people to look after yourself on your own and you do a good job at it, even when things go wrong and you face problems like being told you can't go to lectures, <laughs> um, then it's just such a, an empowering feeling for me anyway. And then cons, I would definitely agree, Stephen, that there is a lot of admin <laughs> before and it doesn't necessarily stop when you're at uni and there's a lot to consider the whole time. Um, and that can be quite tiring and overwhelming 
But luckily for me, most of the admin has come from PA stuff and I use Ask Jules and they help me sort it out. So at least that alleviates that a little bit. Oh, good. I mean, as somebody who didn't go to university myself, I'm disappointed in you both for not saying the parties as the pro because <laughs> that's just the, the vision. I'm stereotyping now, but yeah. <laughs> no, they're good so, too. Let, let's they're good okay that's that's all we need to know <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to obviously we want to talk about the transition now moving out of of uni this is obviously something that's going to be going through your head soon uh mia but stephen and myself we you know we've had different we come from different aspects of this so stephen when you when it came to you finishing uni did you have a plan in place did you know, what was going through your, your head at that stage? Yeah, good, really good question. Um, I think when I was at uni, I did a couple of internships. I took a year out as well and uh, did a placement year, which was really encouraged at, at my university. And I think that really helped because I sort of had a, a small idea about what I wanted to do and what I enjoyed doing and what I didn't. And I think that's that's always really useful. I think getting internships, getting that work experience while whilst you're at university. Um, and I mean, when when I finished, I had an internship lined up. So I knew after I finished, I had eight weeks working in London, um, and that sort of gave me a bit of a bit of a safety net in that sense. Um, so it wasn't a for me, it wasn't a you finish uni, what am I going to do with my life? It was a bit of a right, I'm going to do this for eight weeks. And then what am I going to do with my life? Um, so um, I did actually, when I was at my internship, apply for a permanent job with them and I was able to get that. And I think there was two days when I was sort of like officially without a job in between the two because I was waiting to see if they were going to offer it to me or not um, sort of thing. And I suppose it worked out quite well in that sense. But what I would say is I did apply for a lot of graduate jobs, which I didn't get. Um, I really sort of pushed for them. I did a lot of applications. Um, I was sort of going for a lot of the mainstream graduate jobs because I think I really wanted something that will sort of lead me on to greater things. So that's why I was sort of going for those graduate roles. And that took quite a lot of resilience in terms of going to interviews. I'm, I can't even remember how many interviews or assessment centres I, I went to. Sort of taking that time out um, and sort of getting knocked back again and having to keep going and keep going and keep going. So in the end, it all, all worked well. Um, I mean, I've got that permanent role and then I moved into the civil service and I, I've been in working in government for about nearly seven years now um, in lots of different roles. And um, they've been very inclusive in terms of their approach and very rewarding there. But, um, but I would say it took a lot, of, a lot of applications, a lot of motivation to sort of, sort of get there and, and get out of uni and get onto a good footing. Yeah, and I think a lot of people will relate to that as well. And I, listening to your story there, even I can relate to that. And I didn't go to university because mm. leaving college, even I was in a, a similar position where I was like, "Well, what am I? What am I going to do do now?" And you you fire out all these um, job applications and interviews, and then there's only so many knockbacks you can get where you're just like, you know, what what am I going to do? And obviously, not everybody's as lucky. Um, to have 
or in a position to have you know internships lined up that could potentially lead to mm -hmm. uh, job roles especially if you've spent a couple of years at uni and then it's almost like you're you're kind of forced to move back home and some people can maybe see that as as a step backwards or they can get sort of stressed about that because job searching is is hard um from personal experience i when it came to sort of leaving college and doing job searching i wasn't really getting anywhere and similar to you Stephen, i went down the work experience route of right i need to get some experience on my cv sort of under my belt and see where that goes and i volunteered in various um settings sort of school office environments trying to get some admin experience before i actually got my first paid um admin role which i then stayed at for over eight years so yeah, I think we can agree here that maybe work experience is is maybe a good route to go go down. Mia, have you had any sort of work experience or internship experiences whilst you've been at uni? Yes, I have. Um, I did a remote internship with this professor at UCL a month ago, and that was good because it was remote. <laughs> and that meant that I didn't have all the logistical things of traveling. And it also gave me insight into what a career in research might look like. And I don't know if that's what I want to do. I have also found that through different societies, you can get experiences of different things. So I'm doing a psychology degree, but that wasn't always my plan. I nearly did an art degree. I nearly did an English degree. Like, I think what I miss in psychology is the more creative side of things. So I did some work experience at the theatre and I was um, technical directing for a show, which basically meant I got to wear a blue hard hat and shout at people, which was good. And I would say I was very apprehensive about it because I didn't want to be a hindrance because I knew that the job might require like moving things or you're in small backstage spaces and I just didn't want to get in the way. And, and then I said that to the directors at the theatre and they were basically like, shh, it's fine. We'll help you out. It will be okay. And that was a really lovely thing to have. Um, and yeah, I'm just about to hopefully this year going back, do some interning at the student radio to see what that's like. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Oh, you'd be perfect for radio as, you know, as someone I, I work in radio myself and just chatting to you now, you're, you're very natural chatting. So yeah, I'd say definitely give the radio, the radio a go. Um, and even when, it, even when it comes to the work experience um, and work experience and employment in general, you have to, to think about more things than, than most people do. So when it comes to employment, you know, we're not just thinking about oh, getting any old job. We have to think about the access. You know, we're talking toilets, we're talking parking, um, the height of your desk or door widths. There's so many things that maybe people don't think about. Was that an issue for you, Stephen, when you first started getting into employment? Yeah, I mean, I think because I was looking for sort of the bigger companies and bigger employers, sometimes it's a bit of a not always but sometimes it's a bit of a given that they are going to have lots of those accessible facilities and, and all of that um so i think i mean I, I live just outside london so i'm sort of looking in london around london sort of thing and i think i'm quite fortunate in that position that i had access 
to quite a lot of sort of choices about where to apply. Um, but then I remember, you know, sort of early in my career when I was potentially looking at smaller companies, that was that was definitely a barrier in terms of offices are really small, they don't have the equipment. And sometimes as well, I think perception as well can be an issue. So some employers think, oh, are they, are they going to, which is completely wrong, but are they going to perform as well as others or will they need a lot of time off, which doesn't come into the conversation, but employers definitely sometimes think that, I, I know, I think, which, um, which is a bit of that invisible barrier sometimes in lots of senses. Um, so I didn't, didn't really have it fully in my job search, but I think it was always sort of in the background. And I was always very clear when I was applying for jobs that, you know, I am disabled, I use a wheelchair, I will need X, Y, and Z. Um, and I think there's always a bit of an assessment about how that employer deals with that and how they open that conversation with you and you can sort of judge them as well about whether you want to work for them. So I think it's a bit of both ways as well. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. And Mia, you're sort of nodding your head then. Are these all similar things that are going through your head? As I know you've got another year of uni left to go, but I suppose that at some stage throughout this year, as you're busy and focusing on your current work, you you have to kind of think ahead and start planning because you can't just let the time come and think, oh, I finish uni next week. What am I going to do now? You, you almost need to be setting those foundations now is is that something you're in the process of doing or are you coping well with that it's something i'm thinking a lot about definitely but i also relate to what you've been saying from an applying to uni point of view because i was really apprehensive about even putting on my ucas applications about my disability because i didn't want people to make assumptions or to think that it might cause problems that they don't want to try and solve um but I just did it in the end and it seemed to work out okay. But I think also for me, and you'll probably relate, I don't know, um, but my disability has definitely had a massive impact on my work ethic, maybe to my detriment, because I always feel like I've got something to prove, even though I might not necessarily. I always want to kind of show up and try and obliterate any potential false perceptions people might have which is a lot of pressure to put on yourself and not something that you need to do but it's something that I do and I think yeah probably quite a few people might relate to that yeah I think you have sort of hit the nail on the head there and I think a lot of people with disabilities in particular I think we all feel sometimes that we want to break down those negative stereotypes or almost prove to not just ourselves, but society that we are, regardless of our disability, we are, we have skills and we can contribute to a workplace environment. Um, Stephen, you, have you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, just, just so I completely agree. I, th I think there's definitely a correlation there because I think it's, when when you're disabled, you sort of have that point about, you know, I'm here, I'm going to prove that I can do just as much as everyone else. And sometimes that means going right, you know, to the other end of the scale, which isn't a bad thing, but sometimes it's almost about actually, you can chill out, you know, you can have this time off, you can have, you know, relaxation time as well. And I quite often have that sort of in, internal barrier about actually, you know, I know I've done my hours today, 
should I do a bit more? Should I send another email? Should I, you know, be a bit more present and all of that stuff? Um, and then sometimes it's fine to just just to actually think, do you know what, I've done enough today, but that's taken me a long time to actually acknowledge when is enough. So um, so completely agree with you there, Mia. Yeah. And just to sort of summarise uh, with you both, um, for anyone who is going through that transition of whether they're thinking of going to uni in the first place or whether they're transitioning from uni into employment, we, we all sort of come at this from different angles. So if I start with you, Mia, for someone who's thinking of going to uni, because you've not obviously left yet, I'll save that question for Stephen. What advice would you give to somebody who's toying with the idea of, of maybe going to university and, and having that higher education I, with a disability? I think it's uh, deciding whether to go to uni or not is a very important question to ask yourself and reflect on a lot whether you have a disability or not, because it's not, it's definitely not necessarily the default option that people should take, especially, I think, increasingly now. I think with a disability, it's important to try and make your decision of going to uni almost independently of that, in a sense of don't limit yourself to think, I can't go to uni, just because it might be a bit difficult, because it will be difficult, and there will definitely be extra things that you have to think about. But everybody who goes to uni will have things that they have to think about. And there are so many people that can show you that it's possible, which I think is what really helped me when I got in touch with SMA UK. And I was suddenly talking to lots of people who'd been to uni and had amazing experiences. And that was just so affirming. So I think, yeah, my advice would be to make sure that you think about it and choose a course that you'll enjoy and a uni environment that you'll enjoy because you're not just studying the course you've actually got to if you're living there you've got to live there in that town and with those people um but don't write it off just because of all the extra things that we have to consider i like that i like that a lot and stephen coming from your point of view from the other side of university finishing uni and going to start employment, what advice would you give to somebody of what path they should potentially take or things to think about? Hmm. No, good question. I mean, I mean, I would say nothing is forever. Um, I think sometimes the job market can be really scary. Um, it can feel like you're sort of signing your life away. So I think one thing is, you know, it takes a long time for everyone to sort of know what they like. And they don't don't like as well. And you need to have some bad jobs to know which ones to know what the good jobs are as well. So it's a bit of that balance now as well. I think try as much as possible to think about university and the job market without your disability coming into mind. And then after you've sort of decided what you want to do, obviously there's a limit to this, but after you decide what you want to do, then think about actually how can I make this work for me and my disability as well. So I would say sort of just go for it, go for what you're, you want to do with your life and your career. And, you know, disabled people are really resilient. Um, they are really good organisers sort of thing. And I really think they can make anything work. Sort of thing. So just go for it. Fantastic. And from a third point of view from myself, I just want to say for anyone who's thinking that maybe university is not for me, just like I did, I personally did, made that decision that I wanted to end 
sort of coming out of education and go straight to employment, again, that's another option that is just as valid. Um, don't feel pressured just because friends and family have gone down that route. You can still have a successful career and be passionate and, and contribute to a workplace and gain skills and progress within a company, regardless of whether you take that higher education or not. Um, hopefully from our conversations today, the three different angles that we've, we've come up from here, we can show you that whichever route you take, it has to work best for you and your life. And we're all on these different paths, but we're happy and we're in the position of, of where we want to be. So hopefully, you know, we, we, we've proved that. So yeah, <laughs> guys, I think, I think we've covered everything that we wanted to talk about today. And I just want to wish you both the, the best of luck. Mia, with obviously coming to the, the end of your studies this year. Um, best of luck with, with, with everything. I hope, really hope that transition to employment works out well for you and, and Stephen, yourself as well. I really hope employment continues to go from strength to strength. Um, and yeah, just, I think we're, we're all just keep up what we're doing. And yeah, if anyone has any questions, um, watching today, you know, feel free to get in touch with SMA UK and I'm sure we can signpost you, but thank you guys. We, we've come to the end of our episode. You've been fantastic guests. Is there anything you want to, to say before we end? No, I don't think so. Nothing, nothing for me. Just thanks so much Ross for presenting. It's been really good. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Brilliant. I've, I've really enjoyed it. I think we need to plan like a uni style party, just the three of us now. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Be good. <laughs> well, that is the end of the episode, guys. Thank you for watching and we will see you very soon with another episode. You've been listening to the Living with SMA podcast. We hope you can join us again next time. But in the meantime, please don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can find out more on our website at smauk.org.uk. Thank you.